Warning! This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions, and strong language. Hey, 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 hey! Hop in the CD and let me run a rhyme. Put your car on cruise and lay back, because this is summertime. Welcome to Records and Bands, where each show I, a 40-something Gen X cliche, Rob Jones, sit down with a revolving gang of friends, family, musicians and music lovers to chat about our favourite records and bands. Joining me today to discuss what we feel are great summer records, our bass player with Front Runner, and my best friend of 30 years, Leon Bateman. Oi, oi. And frontman and songwriter with three called Scar Punk Racket Makers, Alvin in the Angry Barrels, my baby brother, Sam Jones. Hello. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks for not calling me Alvin, as I got called at the weekend. <laughs> that was your first gig back for a while. How was it? Yeah, it was really good. First gig in like nearly three years. Why? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Halloween 2019 was the last time. So yeah, yeah. So, so I'm obviously in force. I'm not so in force. But yeah, no, it was good. Good to be back. Really, really loud where we played. Tiny little room, about the size of, or probably smaller than my front room. And it sounded amazing, but for some reason they mic up the, the kick drum, <laughs> which, you know, it sounds really, really good. But, God, I was deaf for days. Has Mike got double kick pedal as well? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, no, really good. Good to be back. That's a really good advert for uh, IEMs. Yes, yeah. Indeed. I've got literally 20 years of the kick pedal and standing left of the drummer my right ear is just shot yes yeah just gone so yeah yeah moving over to IEMs it's it's a massive lifesaver Sam don't have to worry he's up front taking all the glory that's it basking (laughs) in it fighting all the groupies back with a shitty stick (laughs) Um, have you been gigging there yes plenty because you never stop gigging Leon it's like like the Rolling Stones are you lot it is it's it's (laughs) Two or three a week at the moment. Nice. So it's, yeah, it's brilliant. Just done Sundogs Festival. Uh, yeah. I went there really well. Um, there's talk of us. They've already asked us to go back next year um, as potential headliners. Oh, we've got Barons Cross Festival Saturday afternoon. Saturday night, we've got a wedding. And then next weekend, we've got three weddings and various other bits and bobs. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's busy, chaotic fun. Well, I'm glad we managed it catch you on an off night then to get you down because it, it, it feels like obviously your busy season does coincide with our topic tonight which is summer yeah it has gone cold and grey down here for like we, we had two weeks of it was like really really hot we're like yes summer's here at last and then mm. like, the night we decide to do our summer records episode it's um, <laughs> not so nice but anyway um, I've, I'm pretty sure we all know what makes a like a great summer song um, it could be like, you know, like the big dance floor fillers from my beefer, or I don't know, the big indie sing-along hit at the festival. But is there such a thing as a great summer album? Well, I hope so, is that's what we're going to spend the next hour talking about. <laughs> if not, we're a, we're a bit, you know. Um, I think there absolutely is. I've got three that I'm going to want to share with you and the listener tonight. And I think like, they're good records, but they are particularly good in the summertime when the weather is fine. <laughs> How many puns are we going to get in today? Oh, Did anyone lot, pick man. my opener though or not? 
Oh no, what was it? It's Will Smith and Jazzy Jeff. Summertime. Oh, it couldn't have been more it couldn't be more obvious if I had gone drums, please. I still wouldn't have got it. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I absolutely think there is. And I think we'd probably be all in agreement with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yes, I I, I would say I think there's great albums that we associate with summer, but they're not necessarily all summer themed albums. I think it's us that it's us as the listener that puts the summer theme on it. There's a few exceptions which I'll come to in a bit. I think. Well, no, there's certainly one. Yeah, I think it's it's us putting that label on it, whether it's from a nostalgic. I've got a bit of a hot take actually. Not a hot take. It is an actual theory, right? About why we've picked some of these records, and I'll come to it in a minute. But first of all, theories now, have we? Well, it's it's not quite sizzling, it's not quite sizzling enough to be a to be a hot take. But, okay. So, but anyway, so I've had a bit of a flick around, and I just wanted to pick a few of these out of what. The, so, Rolling Stones list of uh, list of great summer albums, and I'll just pick a few out. So, you've got Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yeah. Run DMC, Raising Hell. Never heard that. Uh, good shout here, Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> never never heard it, Leon. You probably have heard it. I've probably heard songs from it, yeah. Wild Honey by the Beach Boys and Purple Rain by Prince and the Revolution. It's not really setting us alight at the minute, this No, it's not, is it? And then the NME, again, I'll just pick a few out of here. Rihanna, Loud. Okay, yeah, I can can get that. Rated R, Queen of the Stone Age. Really? There's a song about parasols in there. There's a song called Feel Good (laughs) Hit of the Summer, but I don't think it's a summer album. I'm not that familiar, and we know your views on... Do I need to? No, no, no. Do I need though? No, no okay. you don't need to. You're fine. All right, I won't. I yeah. won't. Um, one for Sam Bright Eyes on Wide Awake It's Morning. Yeah, you see, great record, but I'm not putting that on in the summer. It's pretty miserable, isn't it? We it did is, that yeah. one of our early episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know that one, Leon? Absolutely not. <laughs> it is this good. It is a good record, but yeah, it's not. Was uh... it um, first day of my life or something? What's that? Yeah, song? that was the big single off yeah. it. Yeah, lovely song. And then Tame Impala. Um, the closest one for us, I think, is the Kerrang list. And I'll just pick a few out. So, Ash, 1977. Uh, cool, yeah. Good record, yeah. Audio Slave, the first Audio Slave album. I don't know if it's... I don't know. <laughs> Paul's Boutique again. Yeah. Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah. Deftones, <laughs> Around the Fur. And I think that's just, maybe they're just picking that because it's got My Own Summer on it. Mm. Well... I think this is where we're gonna where we're gonna end up with this conversation. That I think a couple of bands aside, well, a couple of artists that come to my mind straight away. I think we're gonna end up with a lot of personal feel, aren't yeah. we? Because I know that's certainly where I, I I wasn't when when you said pick your summer records. My mind didn't go to sort of like a particular type of music. No, but it's more that I, I'm trying not to. Uh, also on this, your thunder. no. Also on this, what do you mean? Well, because yeah, you've got your sizzling theory, haven't you? All oh, right, okay. No, I don't so, want to steal that. Also on here is Dookie, um, Appetite for oh. Destruction. Mm-hmm. We, uh, that's never a summer album. Are you experienced? I think that's just got the connotations of Woodstock in the summer of love. So yeah, is good and though. Caius, like Blues for the Red Sun. Yeah, again, it's him though, isn't it? Mm. Why is he getting so much air, airplay? You know, I don't like him. You're trying to wind me up. <laughs> um, they've got rated R as well. Saves the day. Uh, but- yeah, I get. Yeah, I get that. But again, that's more because of my relationship with it. 
741 all killer no filler yeah again mm-hmm. similar yeah good record i got a, i got a theory myself on this right oh, go on. okay now do they class a summer album as a summer album because it's full of absolutely cracking anthems or do they just class it as a summer album because they released one cracking al- anthem off it and it was released sometime around summer because there's a whole load of albums that aren't like pet sounds um which we'll come to later listen to that a lot today there's an awful lot on there that isn't very summery but then mm. there's one or two just songs that will never ever leave the realm of music ever it's yeah. just in the psyche of everybody who's ever listened to these songs they'll go oh yeah i know this one this is by blah blah but they wouldn't necessarily relate it as being a summer song a summer album for instance yeah. but the song of it is perfect it's of the time are there um, any bands that sort of jump out at you that like have done that on repeat if you like so they've repeatedly had a big summer hit year on year on year they've you can always rely on them for like a festival anthem or something mark ronson straight away yeah um, yeah instantly yeah. He, he thrives on it that's where he gets his sales big anthems really singable choruses lots of cracking like brass and and great mixes and he just like doesn't release anything for ages and then oh look it's summer here's another mark ronson song followed, followed by another album calvin harris is, mm. is a similar kind of because again it's big hits isn't it and like yeah you know he probably is releasing music between april and september isn't he you know probably yeah. not much much through the winter i think you know along the same lines as that then you've got david guetta always looking at things like that yeah um you've got as much as i you know i've just been sick in my mouth a little bit but little mix <laughs> yeah i like <laughs> i like little mix but yeah i don't no, mind I'm, them I'm i don't mind them. yeah th- those types of people the shall we say the Oh, they're not manufactured, but they're the stock ache and waterman, waterman of the day, aren't they? It's feel good hits. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Really, we should have um, done something about this last week and got onto Glastonbury and everything because a lot of summer hits get associated with festivals, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. I've got a record on my list that is pure festival. I can <laughs> guess which one that is. <laughs> should we? Do you want to do your theory, and then we'll get to our records? Okay. Well, feel... well, first, well, first of all, I've got a few. I've got a few records here that I kind of just generally associate with summer, which they're, they're not my picks, but you know. So, a few records that I personally associate with summer: Nirvana's Insecticide. Odd mm-hmm. choice, but yeah. Mantra by Shelter. Remember that album I spoke yeah, yeah, before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring It On by Gomez. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Whipping Piccadilly yeah. on it. Um, was, what was the other one on it? Uh, My, does it get Miles or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you remember that? That was about yeah. six, wasn't it? Wasn't that the one that had the bloke doing like um, a backspin on the front cover? Possibly, or that might. Yeah, they, they did. They did three or four records in quick succession. But our old guitarist Tom Meek was well into yeah, them. Yeah, he, he loved them, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've also got, and this might be because. I heard it when I was in Australia, and obviously I can't couldn't tell you what month it was, but it was always hot. But um, "Internationalist" by Powderfinger, I always associate with summer. Oh uh, yeah, that yeah. might just be because I was in Australia when I bought it and listened to it. And but the big one that I always that's a summer record. It's "Californication." 
Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good show. Right, I think every every song on there feels like it's made to be listened to on a summer road trip. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And in parts, even though it's, I don't like the album that much, the follow up, by the way, also has similar mm. vibes. All mm. oh, vibes, vibes in that. But I have a bit of a theory about some of these records we've picked, and not everyone, but the majority of them. So we've all picked three records each. And we're not here to like plead a case. This is the greatest record ever or the greatest summer record ever, but there's going to be reasons that we've all picked them and they're all going to be pretty personal, but I reckon there's a bit of a link between them. Mm-hmm. So two of my records are from the same year. Well, not quite from the same year, but they're from the same summer. I associate them with the same summer and mm-hmm. it was a vast summer where I had no responsibilities and I didn't have to do it. It was like that last summer off. Yeah. yeah. So I passed my driver's test in 1997 in September. 1998 was my last free summer. 1999, I was, save- I was working hard and saving money to go to Australia. So two out of the three records I've chosen, uh, I associate with 1998. Yeah. Me and Leon left school at the same time. Leon went straight into work. I'm yeah. wondering if he's picked a couple of records from that summer between that we left school before he started work full time. Cause I picked him from leaving sixth form and working full time. And yeah. I wonder whether you've done something similar. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's almost nostalgia based. Yeah. I think that's fair to say in a, in, but there, there are people out there who I suppose you don't associate an album with that free and easy summer feeling it's more a a song or a collection of songs or stuff that's on the radio around the summer that you'll pick up on but yeah i would say that at least two of them are that i've chosen are definitely pre-responsibility albums i think it's an interesting point you make because this is what it took me a bit of time to arrive at my list because i had so many individual tracks in my head okay i think similarly to what you're saying Rob a lot of that is associating it with a period of time and sort of like when we would have been heavily into making like playlists for journeys and stuff like that so I've got I had a a little think about it and like some of the songs that instantly came to mind for me and you're going to think in what's he on about here but Kickstart by example right straight into my head Summer what else was on there there was oh shit mine's gone this is the age difference though isn't it it is, mm. yes, yeah. Um, Silver and Gold, the Joe Strummer song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's um, 2003. Yeah, yeah. December, with, I think that record came out December 2003, maybe. And it's not the album, it, it's no. the track. Yeah. And Although Billy, that's not a bad shape for a great summer album, to be it, honest. Yeah, yeah. All um, three of those Mescalero albums have got vibes. Mm. Vibes, yeah. And then I got stuff like Accident Waiting to Happen, Billy Bragg, and a lot of the Jamie T stuff. And it all kind of, it's all that, you know, we've got a two and a half hour journey ahead of us. Let's try and ram as many tunes onto a, you know, as, as we can. And then sort of, you know, not many albums were getting played. But yeah, so that 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 was what came to mind. You know, the summerness is more, not more mixtape, but a lot of mixtape. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why it is more mixtape for you as well. It's because we like, we passed our test about the same time, didn't we, Leon? I was two years after you, actually. Were you? All right. Yeah, 99. Um, but we had CD in the CD players in the car. Well, we would have had 
tape decks in the car and then a CD player, but we yeah. didn't have the means to make. We didn't yeah. have Napster. We couldn't download individual tracks. We didn't mm. burn CDs. Yeah. Not not straight away. So we were listening to albums. I reckon there was a summer around 2010 where I reckon I was possibly the only person in the world still buying blank CDs. <laughs> I think I, I think I was a major supporter of that because I didn't want to let it go. <laughs> Everyone else like, no. has moved on to their iPods. Yeah, and I was like, no way, no way. I'm making a, I'm making a, a silver first one was mixtapes because I'm a wanker. But um, yeah, that was still a thing. Um, outside of your free picks, was there anything else that jumped out or any bands that you thought would make tons? I I denied over my first choice, but I would but I would change it now, having listened to my first choice again today, because I don't think there's enough summer on there. Oh, go on then, talk us through it. Let's get going. What's your first pick for a summer record? And if you want to change it, change it. Talk us through this then. My first pick was Pet Sounds by Beach Boys. Which Sam has said previously is one of his favourite albums it's, of all time. Yeah. A mind-blowingly good record. It, it is. It's But as we went back and spoke earlier... There's two or three summary tracks on there, and the rest are quality album tracks. What would you be concluding that? Like, wouldn't it be nice? Good Vibrations is on it, isn't it? God only knows. Not that, yeah, God only knows. Um, Good Vibrations wasn't. Um, oh, is not it from, not? Not, oh, not from no. what I listened today. No. So there's obviously a, a body of work there that's highly rated, but I would say probably out of all of it, there's there's three songs that are. I would say I've got that kind of skippy summary feel. Having sort of sat down most of today and mulled over a few things, there's so many more that I've listened to that I think are uh, this. Yeah, this is actually way more summary, perhaps not as classic, but yeah, I would replace Pet Sounds with something else. Um, if I if I may, I I kind of agree with you, Leon. I think it's I think it's one of the all time great records, and it is it is very summary. But because um, I thought about it as well, it nearly made my list. But I think with the Beach Boys, I think the Beach Boys are like the ultimate summer band. Yes. And, yeah. I, and I think, I, I, I don't want to speak for it, but perhaps there's a bit of that sort of, uh, I guess it's kind of against the rules. But really, if I was picking a, a go-to summer album, it would be the best of the Beach Boys. Yeah. And that's, that's the point, isn't it? You know, we were saying mixtapes. Yeah, I would have loved to have in, uh, have included the best of ELO because I don't yes. think there's a, there's a yeah. non-summary track on there. I think it's all good summer music stuff that you listen to and think, oh, this is brilliant, Mr. Blue Sky, you know, Roll Over Beethoven. You think it's 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 just brilliant. Every single song yeah. on the best of ELO is is fantastic summer music, but it's not a summer album. It's not an artist's release um, with a view to capturing. Mm that summer audience. So yeah. I don't think any, any best of or mixtape can be incorporated. I mean, why don't we just say now summer 2021? <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just not the same. So I went with Pet Sounds because I thought you've got to have a Beach Boys album in there because they are just archetypal yeah. summer band. But having listened to it greater today and thought, yeah, they're all really good tracks. However, I don't think it's a full summary mm. summary album. So that's, that's the first of my picks, but I'm going to change it. What are we getting instead? You're going to get Travelling Without Moving by Jamiroquai. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, is that the one with um, Virtual Insanity on it, or is that the yeah. one before? It's yeah. one Virtual Insanity. I remember you like that record. Yeah. And that, again, is um, I was in my flat with my brother. 
I just bought a Sony hi-fi system and the bass coming out of that thing was absolutely <laughs> outstanding. That was everywhere at, at that mm. point in time. Every single song that came off that was banging into the charts and it was everywhere. So was the virtual insanity Cosmic Girl as well was on Cosmic there. Girl, that yeah, was a one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so... Lots of hats. What was the one where um, he was in a room and the room kept moving, but he sort of just was dancing. That in the was of virtual it. insanity video. That I was think. virtual insanity. I think so it? yeah, I'm happy to be wrong on that. Like, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely that one. Um, I thought of so many more. There's um, Costello music by the Fratellis. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive yeah. summer album. Um, Free the bees by the bees. Oh, I don't know that one. Outstanding songs like Washing the Rain, um, Take Back the Monkey. Just. I remember sitting listening to that around my mate's house, around having a barbecue, around the fire, and just thinking, this is just a brilliant album. <laughs> and it really is. It's a top-notch album. And again, every every song on it is, it's got that kind of summery feel, and it's mm. the way it's been recorded and the way it feels. So, yeah, Ducky was a good shout, actually. Yeah. Um, you were talking about maybe not including a best of, and I have. Oh. Oh, oh you have, haven't you? Controversial. Yeah. Well, you're the host. You can have it. Why not? So um, when I went to New Zealand, when I went away, as we like to say on the podcast, in 2004, everywhere I went, there was either a band or they were on the radio and Matchbox 20 just followed me around. Mm. And then they weren't actually that big over here at home, but they, but like I knew, I knew a few of the bigger hits and like every band played at least one Matchbox 20 song. And, we, and I was going out watching bands in bars like three or four times a week, especially in Queenstown. We were in the pub every night. So, yeah. And like I hitched a lift with a couple of um, girls from Germany and got in the car and they had one tape and it was Matchbox 20. So that was <laughs> like the same track to go around there. And then they, it just seemed to follow me around everywhere. Me and Hazel would go out and Matchbox 20 would come on. And I kind of, I think we spoke about it in my in our guilty pleasures chat. Yeah, I remember you bringing it up before. Yeah, that I kind of got to like them, but I didn't really want anyone to know I liked them because I was still trying to hold on to a little shred of coolness. Yeah, and they're then, not a very cool band, are they? They're not no. at all. They, they are like the the grunge versions of Bon Jovi, I suppose. That there's that kind of middle of the road rock. Yeah. It, it's like yeah, they're as close to Coldplay as I get, probably, <laughs> but. I secretly love them. Yeah, I, I I decided like a little while ago when I got my first iPod. I thought, and which was about twenty eleven, something like that. I thought, I'm sod it. No one's going to know. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be on a shelf. I don't. I'll, I'll get this best of. I can just put it on from time to time. And then the following summer, the summer of twenty twelve, our landlord decided he was going to tear our house apart. But if we stayed there while the work was being done, he wouldn't charge us any rent. So. <laughs> So Hazel took the kids down to her dad's um, or her mum's on the other way. So I was up and down quite a lot from Northamptonshire to the South Coast. Like Basically, I was flicking all the time between the best of Matchbox 20 and the coverage of the Olympics. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I do. it was a really good summer. We had the Olympics. I had Matchbox 20. I had time in the car by myself and I could just sing along to the anthems on driving past Silverstone, it going too fast, singing, look how far we've come and all of that. So yeah. I, I now hold it very dear and I associate it very much with that summer of being in the car. I associate mm. it with the Olympics. I associate it with Mo Farah doing his, doing his running and Greg Rutherford doing his jumping. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, and they're great. They're great soft rock songs. 
Mm. Yeah. I, I don't know I, if you listened to it. You probably didn't. I did, actually. I, yeah. I had a few songs on early. And, like, I think this is kind of the point a little bit. It's fine. It's fine. It's good. It's not great. I don't hate it. I don't love it. But it's fine. It's but, a, if, it's... but if you had all those memories that I've just... Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. So yeah, I yeah, listened yeah, to yeah. it. It takes me back to 2012 where I'm driving my kids up and down the dual carriageway because we've got builders in the house, but the Olympics are on and it's sunny and everything's brilliant. Yeah. Or... I'm traveling around New Zealand. I'm young, skinny, and girls are into me. Well, <laughs> I brought, I brought one back with me, so screw you. But do you know what I mean? So it's, it's that association with yeah, it's it's pure nostalgia, and yeah. I mm. and I stand by it. Uh, absolutely, out and um, proud. Matchbox Twenty fan. Yeah, fair enough. I have very similar feelings about less than Jake's borders and boundaries. So this was like, I think it came out in 2000. I don't think I would have got it straight away. I reckon this, I probably would have got it a bit later. I didn't probably get into Lester Jake until, yeah, not lot long after that. But like something that we spoke about earlier, that album is just dripping in nostalgia and in like, we'd go around someone's house and we'd put it on. We'd be in the garden, we'd put it on. And then like, we went to our first festival, you know, the lads back then, like album, definitely me, Ben and Sam Smite. And like we saw Less than Jake and they were fucking amazing. And they I think I all... saw him at Redden in ninety eight or ninety nine. Yeah, very possibly. He's like, got the bass round his ankles. Yeah, and he's yeah. got the massive dreadlocks. And yeah. It's just one of those albums that like it, it sounds very summery, I think, because it's got all the brass on it, which I think always helps. And it's very you know, it's it's a ska punk album, so it's really upbeat. It's really kind of like, and there's lots of songs on there. I don't normally, this doesn't normally do it for me, but there are lots of songs of like growing up and getting out, that sort of thing, and like long hot summers and all that sort of feeling. And sort of like 16 years old, rang, you know, the music that I was into, it was kind of a bit of a perfect storm, I suppose. There's a lot of that ska punk stuff around that time as well because you yes. got like real big fish and yeah boss tones and yeah 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 and like you say the brass on it and like yeah something's just absolutely dripping in it and yeah and and to be fair there was a few albums around that time one that come up on that list like uh take off your pants and jacket by blink enema of the state again blink like, and then a lot of the pop punk records that sort of would have been around at the time not 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 quite as far as like American Idiot, so Warning, I suppose, but because it has kind of changed a bit by then. Yeah, I was mm. going to say, once you get to, like, the emo stuff, mm. like, like I, I think I said before, I, I saw My Chemical Romance at Reading. Yeah. But it didn't feel to me like a Reading band. Mm. Because for, you know, and there's not a, there's not a huge amount different stylistically between them and, like, My Chemical Romance and, like, some of that punk stuff oh, around, yeah. around the turn of the century like, yeah yeah but whether it's just all the black eyeliner and the you know whether it's, it's just, just a different well i'll use the word again shall i vibe vibe yes yeah yeah oh. I think, where, I th- where it's like rocking think... from a crypt had a summary vibe at reading yeah right playing hard rock and roll yeah my chemical romance definitely didn't yeah i think what as well what what um you then go from you go from people like green day and offspring who i'm not saying they're not technical bands but they're into writing 
simplistic music and people got onto the back of that, you know, like songs like Stacey's Mom and all that type mm. of thing were all kind of simplistic, just anthemics. But then you had people then come along like My Chemical Romance where they were trying harder. And I think a festival band, you don't want someone who's kind of trying too hard. That's why people like Ash and that always went down really well at festivals is because they they just played really good music and they weren't trying too hard to be... Big hooks, big choruses. Yeah. yeah. I will just pull you up on um, Stacey's Mum because it's like the worst song by one of the greatest songwriting duos ever. And it's their biggest hit. Fountains of Wayne, amazing band. We've done a big episode yeah. on Fountains of Wayne before, but... Check out honestly. Check out their albums, man. You're like, if you want like summer feels and vibes and pop hooks, it's all of it. Like, but what what I'm saying is, is that the the type of music being released around that time was almost not. It's really difficult to say, but it's 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 not lazy. It's just almost like we. Uh, yeah. I know what you're getting at. It was Fancy Wayne. It was Teenage Dirtbag. It yeah, was yeah, um, yeah. OPM, Heaven is a Half Pipe. It was yep. um, Sugar Absolutely. Ray. Yeah, exactly. All that type of stuff where it's just there to, to to make people move the feet. Whereas I would pretty much say that My Chemical Romance is not there to make people move their feet. I'd much rather listen to somebody like Offspring or Fountains of Wayne at a festival than... Yeah. Well, I think I said before, like we went to that big day eight one day festival and it was like Metallica, Marilyn Manson, Ministry, Monster Magnet, Sepultura, Terrorvision were the best band of the day because mm. it was a fucking hot day and Terrorvision yeah. just brought out all the hits and it was a little party in amongst all the metal. Like, you yeah, know? So yeah. It's, it was yeah. a real breath of fresh air. Like, that's what you're getting at, isn't it? That is, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Chili's were really good at Reading Festival. Um, and, and that was late one evening. That was 99, but that was on like the Sunday night. And that was a real chill fest. And mm. that probably brings us rain to one of your next picks, Leon, does it? Oh, you're good at this, isn't you, Rob? Yeah, he's, oh. been, he's been practicing. Second pick for me is One Hot Minute by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I think has the greatest summer song that anybody's ever written, Walkabout. But this is one which jumps into my little theory of our last free summer, because this was 95, wasn't it? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, which would have been, we left school in end of May, beginning of June 95, and I'm pretty sure you were working in centre print by August or September. September, yeah. Yeah, so that would have been your last free summer, if you like. You know, yeah, September the 9th. Oh, there you go then. I remember it's the day, because um, I had to start college the next day and knew right. nothing about print. Yeah. <laughs> Not but, yeah, a thing. So, but do you think that ties in then to what I was saying about it being the last free summer then? Now that you pick this one. Yeah, I think so, because it was literally, uh, it never left. Uh, even the single from um, the Beavis and Butter movie, Love Roller Coaster. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and was that the Dinks. same year, was it? Yeah, um, it wasn't released the same year, but it was oh. released in the same, because it had yeah. Dave Navarro on guitar yeah. and it was all kind of releases. But I think it might have been the following year, 97, 96, 97. But um, yeah, that was. I remember playing the bass to um, "Roller Coaster of Love" and just yeah, that whole feeling of that album was just yeah. Because what's yeah. on there? There's Aeroplane. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Aeroplane. My friends. P. Walkabout. It it was. It, it's it's an album that literally typifies summer, and they they're good at that. The Chillies, I think, because even um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic had a summery vibe. Yeah. Yeah, I will say that I think there's a marked difference between 
like John Frusciante and Dave Navarro's playing because when um, Navarro, 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 I've always said Navarro. So um, there, there's a definitely a marked difference between like the John Frusciante stuff that comes after where they are all about the chill. Yeah. And Dave Navarro, Navarro is, is much harder. We, I think we said this before. He's a much harder player, isn't he? I think that's a massively underrated album. And I think, Dave can walk away from that album feeling slightly hard done by because I don't think he got the recognition he deserved for what he did on that album because I think he managed to bridge the gap in pushing them to a slightly harder edge but also being able to chill the f- and you can hear that on songs like Walkabout straight off the bat. I do feel I think and again I'm sure we've had this conversation me and you before that um, I feel that they needed a guitarist because John Frusciante was poorly mm-hmm. and Dave Navarro needed a gig because Perry Farrell was poorly. Yeah. And it, they just kind of came together. They both like, I don't think it was ever going to be a, you're our guitarist long-term going forward. It's just, we need to get an album out, come and help us record and mm. tour. You big chilies man, Sam, or you had a spell, didn't you? Yeah. I like the hits. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I, I bet, I bet the um, essential chilies playlist is a banger. I'm not his biggest fan. I think he's, He's a good vocalist. He's a good front man. I think he's a. I don't think he's a great lyricist. I think he's a better front man than he is a singer. Yeah, probably. But he's got quite a distinctive. Uh, do you know what I mean? You know it's him, don't you? But stuff like um, I know it's not on that record, but you mentioned it. Like scar tissue. That's a proper like mm-hmm. summary tune. But yeah, no dibs, dribs and drabs. I quite. I think by the way, he's a pretty pretty good album. See, well. that's one that turned me off. That was the last one I bought of theirs because I was like, oh, I've had enough of this. I think it's a bit overlooked. I think it's a bit of a, I think it's a bit of a grower, to be honest, I think. It's got Cabron on it, isn't it, as well? Yeah. Is um, Can't Stop on that, Leon, look yeah. at you? That's on By The Way. By The Way. That's on By The Way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, got- that's a great tune. That's yeah. a proper good tune. But Californication's got Scar Tissue, Californication, Other Side, yeah. Tripping, mm-hmm. Miss Velvet Glove. That's a tune, yeah. mind. Porcelain on that as well Austin's on that yeah. yeah but yeah that's that's a great shape for one hot minute I reckon mm. and again it, it ticks that nostalgia box of your, your last summer before you had to go into the world of work and yeah you know, the next summer because because once you're at work you don't get another summer holidays no exactly no. Yeah. you don't get that six week period do you yeah. and we that's quite an important time for us I think. yeah go on then Sambo what you got so this is one that I chose. This this was a pretty easy pick to begin with, but the more time's gone on, the more I think, I don't know, maybe there's others I could pick, but I've gone for um, A Poet's Life, the Tim Armstrong solo album, because, again, a bit like the Less Than Jake record, it just sort of screams summer. 2007? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, it's on a... There's a, like a streak of like near, I think it's nearly ten years where there's something under the rancid umbrella that, that's released, and oh, this is one of those where it's, you know it's not a rancid album, but it's you know it's the transplants, it's the bastards, it's something, and like it's like twenty five minutes long, and it's just lovely. It's really really summery. It's like got all the scar, it's got all the, like the the big Hammond organs on it, the catchy bass lines. And it's just a really feel-good record. And I get the impression it's like Tim Armstrong had a couple of weeks with nothing to do. So he thought, oh, I'll make a record. I can remember being out in Ride on the Isle of Wight with a couple of mates going back to about 2014 or something. 
we'd been and watched a couple of bands and then we went down the king bird which was kind of like the little reggae bar right yeah and yeah as we walked in he saw us come in and then he put on is it um wake up yeah, yeah. Track. he, he yeah. just put that on so I like don't don't think he put it on for us but as we walked in he put it yeah. on and we were literally just sat it's got one of those um big windows where, where there's no glass right yeah yeah and it was, it was about past 10 at night and it only just got dark and we we're looking out over the seafront and yeah 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 tim armstrong wailing away in the background where we got bottle of beer light and it's a great yeah. record yeah it's so, into, so... into actions on it take the city's good isn't it yeah i think into actions my favorite track just because it's like proper rock steady in it yeah it's just really good and like it's and why I would consider this uh, my summer album, it, not just because of how it sounds, but like I'm not, there's like four months of the year I'll listen to this record and then I put it away because I'm, I've no interest in listening to it when it's a bit grey out. Eh? It's <laughs> just like, it's just like, oh, I can feel the sun. Yeah, this puts him on strong. Like, do you know what I mean? If I, if I go and walk the dog of an evening and the sun's out, I'm going, I'm sticking that on nine times out of ten from like, you know, May to August. That is one of like my go to albums. And it's lovely. It's like, like I said, it's short to the point. And like, yeah, Tim Armstrong just sort of like doing whatever he does vocal wise all over it. But like it's the amazing. organs are going. And... Have you seen that thing on, um, it's on YouTube. He's sat by a campfire with his acoustic and he's, um, oh, I've seen like, he, he's playing bits and pieces, some ranted stuff, some solo stuff. And like, he's got his big massive beard and his shaved head and he's just looking cool as fuck. Yeah. He's a dude. Yeah. Did you but manage yeah. to give that a spin there? No, I didn't, unfortunately, but I will no. know that now that you've said that. It is a good one. It, and it's it, what I would always say about it is like, if Rancid aren't your bag necessarily, it, that, that don't really matter. I mean, his voice is quite distinctive, I suppose. We've said but this it's... before, though, because um, it's Leon that gave me Hank on the Wolves. Well, yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah. But then he didn't take any further, whereas like we fell down the rabbit hole, if you like, mm. or picked it up, as we'll come on to in a minute. But yeah, Leon, you didn't really keep up with rancid after i come north did you uh, no i think it was a seasonal thing for me it kind of fit the bill of what i needed to hear at that particular moment in yeah. time again august 95 that was I come north. yeah so i was going through um obviously from about 1988 right up until like 95 it was just hyper complex heavy stuff you know, it was made and it was Slayer, it was Megadeth, stuff that really took listening. So when Ducky landed, it was like, cool, wow, this is, it's it's almost like um, classic FM, it's easy listening, you know? <laughs> it was like, wow, I, I don't really need to give this a lot of thought, I can just listen to it and, and enjoy it. And Maxwell's Murder came along with that. I had heard that as the first song and thought, blimey, this is brilliant. Find the album, Out Come the Wolves, and just thought, yeah, yeah, another great album where I don't have to give anything mm. to it it just gives everything back to me um speaking as as to your, your musical talents does the that rancid album appeal to the bassist in you oh yeah definitely it's like the well that's that's what always draws me to to that record and maxwell murders in particular mm. like, it's just like shit man yeah <laughs> like, it's but then like, it's also like journey to the end as well that's a hell of a baseline oh, on that yeah absolutely. i mean it's all brilliant but like the the it's like the bass isn't, it's not just a, you stand over there with the drummer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, you're an integral part of this. We can't. Well, he's the life and soul of that band, yeah, isn't he? Yeah. Really. Like, Leon's about to tell us that the bat should always be the way of a bassist. <laughs> Which brings us nicely onto my next choice. Released in June 98, Life Won't Wait by Rancid. So, what a record. And it's just, 
like we were really, really excited for it because like Leon had obviously given me outcome the wolves. We've spoken about that. But then I'd fallen into a little gang of kids. So there's me and our rich and then Dave and Steve and Jukesy. And we really loved that record. Yeah. And we were really excited like when the next Rancid record was coming out. And then we were really excited when they said they were playing Red in that year yeah. as well. And it was yeah, just yeah, like yeah. And like I said before, it was it was like last summer before work sort of took over, before like the next summer I was say working hard to mm. go to Australia. And it's just absolutely full of it get, yeah, it, it is full of great tunes. It does get a little bit baggy in places. Yeah. Just before you sorry, just before you get into the, the track, I just want to ask a quick question. Um you're saying you're really excited, you heard Ike on the walls, really excited, the really excited, and then life and weight drops. How did you feel about the album when you first heard it? Because it, it's uh, like the opening couple of tracks aren't that different from Wolves, but the rest of the album is, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, I've, I quite like the change, but it took a while to get used to. Yeah. And I'm sure people will say it wasn't a change. It was always there. But I mean, there probably were hints of it in um, Outcome the Wolves, but. It's a it is a different album, but apparently they had about forty five songs when they went into mm. the studios, and they went. I think they went to Jamaica or Antigua to record it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then they ma- managed to narrow down their forty five odd songs to twenty two on the I was album. Say, it's still twenty odd, isn't it? But you got that mad introduction. Blood Cot's amazing. Hoover Street's amazing. Black Lung, it, uh, Black Lung might be my favorite song on the album. Yeah, and it just kicks your ass. Hooligans, hooligans. Heart of Gold, whatever it's the, the Spanish Oh, Corazon Doro, yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing song. Cash Culture and Violence. 1998. No, same fucking shit. <laughs> 1998. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, it's a great record. White Stones, Queens, 1974. Mother's Talking Shit. Motherfucker slammed the door. Hitting the streets, okay. running. I can't take it anymore. He's In off. the rain of the trains of struggle to the front. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> park, park bench floors, sleeping here for free. Little kids sitting in the shooting gallery. Set yourself up for innocence and misery. Is this what they want? Not to hear what they fucking say. Yeah. And honestly. Anyway. <laughs> there's some really good stuff in it. was a bit, it's a bit different to what they'd done before. It's very different to like that. Because you had you had the first Rancid album, and then you had Let's Go, and Let's Go is probably the first proper Rancid album because it's the first one with um, Lars on it, isn't it? Yeah, I I wouldn't I'd be quite so keen to overlook the first one. No, I'm not overlooking it. I'm just saying good. it feels like you, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and then you can hear that Poet's Life record in this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's that. It's the the slightly more reggae influence, isn't it? And that like dance all sort of vibe for Vigo vibe. Who would have thought? Is my uh, yeah. that's brilliant track on yeah. there as well. Yeah. And to me, it's just cruising round in my little Renault Five. Got it on mm-hmm. CD. It's probably our Richie's copy of the CD, to be honest, because he was always riding around with me anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but also, and I'm just going to jump in. I'll jump into my my actual pick which was released in October 1997, and I can remember the day I bought it, because I got it from Skeletons, and I so took it, go. and I bought, I bought it on the same t- the same day I also bought a replacement of my tape of Trouble Gum. Right, yeah. And I went up to Leon's, and we put it on, and he didn't like it very much. He probably doesn't remember. We sat in the little room, and listen, he didn't like it very much. But it was really, it was the following year that, again, 1998, that really 
I think of when I think of this record, and it's so much for the afterglow by Everclear. Yeah, it's a great record. For me, that is the perfect summer record. So I bought that in October 97. We saw them in Wolverhampton in at the end of April in 98. And we were still listening to it when me and Steve went up to Anfield at the end of September 98 to watch Wales against Italy. We had it literally on repeat all the way up and yeah. down in the car. Yeah. And it was just that summer, it was just always on. Mm. We'd go to Hereford and play play Skittles or whatever in the pub. It was just permanently in one of our cars. Yeah. It opens up with so much for the afterglow and you've got like the ah going away and then it kicks in. Very um, Beach Boys, that yeah, intro. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I think you said before how amphetamine isn't on the best of the yeah, that, best of Everclear. That's an absolute um, piss take. It's got um, is it Sunflowers is on there and White Men in Black Coats and mm-hmm. Father of Mine. Yeah. But like, every song on there is amazing and it is Sunshine Input Everclear on. Did we do that? Have we done this record? We I spoke, like we... No, we, we, we spoke about it, I think, for something else, but we haven't right. done it. We haven't done it properly. We are going to do it properly. because so I was going to say, because I've listened to this recently and I can only imagine that it would come up through this, if you know what I mean. It's not on my, not you on my liked, rotation. Have, you liked Everclear I, for like I, Wonderful in learning how to smile, the stuff that came later, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a good band. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, but like I was thinking of like the um, second album, is it Sparkling Fade? Yeah, like her- heroin girl, Electra made me blind. You make me feel like a whore. But again, that doesn't quite have the same nostalgic summeriness to it that that one does for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I would just say you're saying you used to be into them. You start with them like so, songs from American movie come out in 2000. So we are 20 years on from that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, that's a really cool record. And I remember you playing it a lot. And I remember yeah. hearing it a lot. Do you remember me bringing it up, Leon, to yours? Not particularly, no. But I remember it. So it was a CD and it had like a little, it was a normal CD case, but it had like a cardboard sleeve around the outside of it as well. Mm. No. you If you don't remember, you don't remember. But I no. remember when we put it on. I think we were playing on your CD32 or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it might be your Nintendo or something like that. But yeah, we, I put it, put it on. No, I'm not sure if I like this. Well, it's. I'll put it in my playlist now. Yeah. So what? Give it a listen, it's, listen it's, this week. I think I might have sold the amphetamine mystery, which oh, go on. Is, it wasn't a single. Oh, right. Okay. And, so, which and it's explain... a single collection. How is that not a single? Yeah. So I, I, just, I was interested. So I had a little look and the singles were everything to everyone. I'll buy you a new life. Father of mine. So much for the afterglow and one hit wonder. All oh, right. But like we were saying earlier, the honest is proper pop punk. Or power punk, pop, power pop, whatever you want to call it. It's dripping in hooks, isn't it? Cool. And it's I'll give it a go. Yeah, it's, it's a good record. It's bright and it's airy. Some of the subject matter is a little bit on the dark side, but then he did have a heroin overdose at 12, didn't he? So, yes. That'll do it. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I recommend it to anyone like in summertime record. I don't, again, you were saying you don't listen to Rand, uh, don't listen to Tim Armstrong in the winter. I don't listen to Everclear in the, in, in the winter at all. Again, but again, it is one of those I've regularly put on for it all sunshine and I'm going to put Everclear on. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Right, you two got one each left. Who's going next? Sam. Go on, Leon. Oh, all right. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so this last one is, I don't really know the record that well, but I'll come on to why it is. I just want to sort of touch on the, uh, another two that very, very nearly made my list. And again, a little bit of the reasons why and how why it feeds into everything. Like, so... 
The other two records I had close on my list were Love, Ire and Song, which is the Frank Turner record, which I know we spoke about him more recently and I'm not that into him, but that record and also Watch the Throne, the, the Jay-Z and Kanye record. And it's the same period of time. It's around 2010. It's that playlist era. It's that I was chatting to Adam about it. Who's um, what did he came on to talk about? Plan B many, many episodes ago. And it's that very much that like, a bit like you were saying, I was a bit older, but like, you know, like no real responsibilities. As long as I was at work on a Monday morning at some point, it was fine. And it was a lot of like, think you were in. Yeah. It'd be like, it was that classic period of time where like Adam would give me a ring at work when we used to work together. And he'd be like, I got nothing on tomorrow. This is going to be a Thursday. Can you get tomorrow off work? And I'll bomb us down to the Isle of Wight. We'll go see Jake for the weekend. Let me check. Yeah, nothing on. Let's go. We'll do it. And, you know, we'd go down and we'd listen to stuff like that. They'd always be on playlists, if, you know, and the very, very summer heavy nostalgia on those records. And I was thinking about this just to get vaguely deep for a second. And I was thinking like, it's an odd timing. And, but what I think part of it is why that sticks out so much is because, you know, life wouldn't have been that much different. We wouldn't have been going to see Jake. But I think it's sort of like, it's after Ben passed away. So I, I sort of, I was thinking about it earlier, and I think there's almost like, I get to that summer of 2010 after he passed away in the January of 2008. And it's almost, the fog's lifted a bit from that. And it's kind of like these records and we've got something to do and we're going away. And it just kind of, you know, I, I don't know. That is just something I sort of threw together, but like it would fit time-wise and they're really good records. But anyway, moving on. Oh, no, no, sorry. It's, so it's almost like, like you're saying about the fog lifted. So it's almost like it's like a second wind, isn't it? I suppose like... Yes. And I don't want to speak for you, but is it maybe that you've got all these memories from like the Less Than Jake yeah. album that you've got all those memories associated with Ben and then now you're ready to make some different memories that you aren't associated with Ben. Is that fair? Like, yeah, yeah, no, no, no like, yeah, I think it is. And it's that, like... You're not moving on. You're not trying to f- forget it. You're not trying to no, no do away with those memories. Those memories are really, really precious. Yeah. But it, now you are ready to... Exactly. That's yeah. exactly... It's almost... And if you really want to get into it, it's almost like a little bit of kind of force growing up when he passed away and a bit of actually, do you know what? I'm perhaps not ready to be a proper grown-up yet. I'm still only 24, so I'm going to have another run of a couple of years of dicking around and, you know, oi, oi, lads, 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 whatnot. Um, so to to bring me back to the actual record I have picked, I just wanted to mention that because I feel that's a lot of the affinity with records and summers. I think it's all kind of, it's where you are, who you're with when you're listening to these things, if that happens to be the summer. But one record that I've gone for for my last pick completely, well, not completely left field, but pretty left field, is Graceland's, Paul Simon's Graceland's. Great album. And it is a great album, mm. and I think it's a very summery-sounding album. Mm-hmm. But for me, just to kind of finish off the the walk down memory lane, and I have got a point that I would like to get in at some point, but we'll let Leon get his record in first. <laughs> it just kind of feels like... You know, I've got records like the Less Than Jake one, which is sort of like my teenage years, me and my friends. Then I've got Life Poet or Poet's Life, I should definitely know what it's called, which is later, and that's a bit more me. 
But like Graceland's, I just associate it with like school holidays, driving in the car with mum and dad, you know, going on mm. holiday and like mum loved it, dad loved it. And I would just be sat in the back trying to work out why he wanted her to call him Owl, because that's what I thought the lyric was. <laughs> Bear, you can call me, you can call me Owl. You know, I thought that was the lyric, for fuck's sake, you know. Do you remember when we went on that holiday to Ireland? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the Nissan Bluebird or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I had Leon Sportman with Outcome the Wolves. Ah. Going. That was that was 95. Like, Drowning oh, no, that, no, that might be 96. Well, mum would probably, no, I think mum was probably Kane and the Cranberries. Oh, uh, do you know what? The Cranberries were another band that come to mind. But I think, I listened to it more recently. I, I've stuck the best of Paul Simon, well, Simon and Garfunkel on, just on a play there. And then it started playing some stuff in Graceland. So I was like, this is a really special record. Like, just just all of it's on it. Some of the songs are amazing. We saw the um, London Gospel, I think it was the London Gospel Choir doing it at Riven Tree Festival. Oh, uh, yes. Ago. Yeah. Um, like, so full on gospel choir. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Lady Smith, like Black Mombazo, but it was like the full on gospel yeah, yeah. choir. Like, it didn't matter that there was no Paul Simon there. It was, it was, um, it was amazing. It was one of the best things I've ever seen. It was um, so good. But yeah, like, I my, my, my favorite it. track on that is probably Boy in the Bubble. Yeah, great song. Yeah. Diamonds on the Soles of a Shoot. Oh, yeah. You see, track. there's only like three or four songs off, off it that I could instantly bring to mind. But that whole kind of that album, that best of Mike and the Mechanics for some fucking reason. Dad, if that Dad played it to death in the car. That's <laughs> why, Christ, didn't he? And, uh, um, uh, I'm going to De- buy him that for Christmas. Deacon Blue as well. Deacon Blue, yeah, yeah. Cool. On a ship, ship called Dignity. Love yeah, you, you know why that was so. Dad had the old Britannia Music Club that you'd send. They'd send him CDs. Oh uh, yeah, you. you, you pay a pound and you get 10 CDs, but then you're locked, locked into buying them all at 16 quid it, mm. or what one a month for 16 quid or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So we had like Michael McDonald and stuff like that. Do you remember? Yeah. And do you know what? Street Actually, oddly you bring that up because I would never have linked this. I remember getting the best of the Eagles on that. Yeah. And that, that changed my life. And I, like, <laughs> if you want to talk about life changing records, people sometimes say to me like, Oh, how did you get into like playing the guitar? Are your parents, musical i'm like no not even not in the slightest but there was always music around Mm. so like we were very very young well i was very young but there was always music on and it felt that was like what you would i would call like proper music if you know what i mean yeah not necessarily stuff i'd listen to now but it was always felt like it was real music yeah i've got the track listing for gray sands oh go on the boy in the bubble yeah gray sand I know what I know. What tune that is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what I know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Simon boots. sang it. We uh, know yeah. it. <laughs> uh, gum boots, diamonds on the soles of his shoes. You can call me out. Under African skies. Homeless. Oh, yeah. Crazy love, volume two. That with your mother and all around the world, all the myth of fingerprints. It's mm. a great record. Yeah. It's a great record. Did you have that on one of your lists at one point, Leon? I think I had Call Me Al on the list at one point. Yeah, maybe. That yeah, was... when we talk about baselines, baselines. And stuff, weren't yeah, we? That's that was right. It, yeah. 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 But that's cracking. Oh yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That is brilliant. But again, it's not it's not really singing about summer, but whether it's because of the Africa connection, it just makes it yeah. feel like it's a sultry night on the savannah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And shall I say it one more time? Vibes. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Vibes. <laughs> All right. Well, then, yeah. Leon, take us home. 
my final choice is completely of its time. There's nothing else that sounded like it at the time. It almost single-handedly solved the Britpop fight that was around about this time. Um, and it's Park Life by Blur. I could have had a thousand guesses of what you would have picked. I would never have thought you'd And I this. never would have got to that. It's a, it's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Top notch. But yeah, yeah. And what were the big tracks off it? So obviously Park Life. Park Life, End of the Century. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the tune. Um, that's, yeah. that's the one. Like, Yeah, um, Girls and Boys. Girls and Boys. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Girls and Boys, End of the Century, Park Life, Clover Over, Dover. It's just every single song on it was as far away from what Oasis were doing as you could possibly get because mm. every song was different. Every song had a different sound. Every song had a different feel. There was upbeat. There was downbeat. There was feels. There was vibes. There was everything going on. Absolutely everything. Whereas Oasis were pretty much regurgitating the same song nine times an album. <laughs> I would have agreed with you on that point at the time, but I don't agree with you on that point now, looking back. I'm not a massive Oasis fan or a massive Oasis defender. Um, and I'm also aware that it's not that long ago we were throwing hands at Damon Albarn, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> but I Ish, think... Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I will agree that I think Blur probably, of the two at the time, I would rather have listened to Blur than Oasis. Mm. But now I think I'd... Put an away. I'll put. I'd put a best of Oasis on before I put a best of Blur on. Ooh, that's controversial because I would switch the radio off if Oasis come on. That'd be right. Okay, straight off. Bye bye. <laughs> so I saw the High Flying Birds, Noel Gallagher's lot at the Isle of Wight Festival in 2012. Okay, and it was pretty flat mm-hmm. until he did little by little. Yeah, and then I was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had the boys on my shoulders, and you know not even an Oasis, like didn't really like Oasis and then had the boy on my shoulders, we were down the front. Like. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? They'll, the Oasis brothers will never live up to what they've already done in the past. No. Um, whereas Damon Albarn, Blur, Gorillas is a success in, in its own right. And, and mm-hmm. rightly so, because it's cracking. You really liked that Gorillaz that first Gorillaz album, didn't you? I did, and also like the um, Coxon uh, uh, solo release as well. Spectacular is a good record. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. Um, I forget the name of the single that came off it, but I thought, yeah, this is really top notch. Well, yeah, Spectacular was one, wasn't it? And um, oh Christ, Alex will kill me because we always talk about it. <laughs> Freaking me out. Freaking out. Yes. Freaking out. That's it. Yeah. That's a great, great that song. That is a yeah. brilliant song. Yeah, and. I think that's what sets them apart is although having a bit of a jokey jibe at the fact that Oasis regurgitated nine song nine songs from one theme, it, it's not so much of a jokey vibe because there was an awful lot of similarity in the tones they used and the sounds that were created on, on an Oasis album. But you couldn't level that criticism at Blur, I don't think, because they generally tried to create a collection of music boys and girls it's a nightclub banger yeah 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 and then park life couldn't be further away from boys and girls great yeah yeah no i agree it's an amazing song park life just as we're about to wrap up um and we're high in festival season now is there any records that you or records or songs or artists that 
you've kind of come across in the last year or two that you think in a few years time we might look back and think oh actually that was a pretty good summer track or that was a proper summary album (laughs) yeah so I I was going to ask you the same question actually and I think just to before I I have got an example but before I get to it again sorry um, I I think so much of what we've spoken about is nostalgia and I think Mm -hmm. that is shown in the age of the records that we've all picked Mm mm-hmm like the most recent one would be yeah the tim armstrong album yeah. 2000 you know which is 15 years old mm-hmm. um coincidentally it's it's an um an anniversary of life won't wait this week mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah so i was thinking about oh, why why isn't there anything more recent on my list and i think that's it because stuff hasn't really had a chance to become nostalgic yet the album i've heard recently and uh, they they don't think they've done don't think they played glastonbury but a band called the Lathams. Right, have an album. You mentioned them before. Did you mention them with Alex? Yeah, yeah. They come up on the indie disco. Um, singer looks a bit like me, and they've they've got an album out. Um, how, how beautiful life can be. I think it's called. I, I described it as sort of like the cherry on top. If I'm not in a great mood, I'm not going to put it on. The first time I heard it, spring sunshine, nice. You know, you'd feel like the warmth of the of oh, sorry the the cold of the winter passing. The sun was out, and it's just that like oh yeah like. This is a good day. I just just want to like just sprinkle a little extra. For, and this Latham's album does that for me, and it's really nice. Is it pretty indie? It's got a really good voice, the singer, and it's it's just easy, it's easy. Mm. But it's a nice record, and it yeah, it's it's if you're already having a nice time, the Lathams are a good band to stick on. That's that's how I my thoughts about them. You got anything there on Nate? The jump tape to you. So not really, mate, but I think the most recent ones you could literally just say are made for festivals, made for summer, is Mumford and Son. Mm. Without a doubt, I mean, they they just exploded onto the scene with just some really upbeat, catchy tunes. And I think they, they did just typify people's need to just let their hair down a bit and have a bit of fun. Yeah. So definitely Mumford's, yeah. Mine's going to be a bit silly because she's probably already one of the biggest acts in the world. But having watched Olivia Rodrigo say at Glastonbury the mm. other day, she's, she's going to be massive. And she's got a, I think in five years' time, she's going to have a Beyonce at Coachella level performance in her right. somewhere. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think she's going to have built up the catalogue. Mm. Because even her, like, this, this short gig that she did the other day at Glastonbury, she chucked in like a song she did off her Disney show and she did a cover of Avril Lavigne, but her own songs were just perfect for that yeah. like, sat- early Saturday evening at, mm. at the festival. And I think once she gets that little catalogue, you know, a, a second record, a few more songs to really fill that out to like an hour, hour and 20 minutes, you know, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's got an iconic Glastonbury set yeah. in a, mm. in the next two, three, five years. And I think that was the biggest crowd she'd played to. And it was massive. Mm. And yeah, she was really good. She was really good. She's really good generally, but it was yeah, really good. She were, and I, she looked really nervous. And mm. even when she got out of breath at times, because I think she went off a bit quick on a few songs, she brought it back and she held it together and mm. she was an utter, utter pro. And she was proper showmanship. And like, I know, I know she's a bit of a teeny bopper, but, she had proper front man presence. Mm. And myself. she 
you know, she also hung with one of the best in the game, Lily Allen, you know. Well, I like didn't vocally, see that. I didn't was... see that because the BBC decided to cut that. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is on the iPlayer if you want to see it. Is it? Is, is it same, on there, no, but yeah, yeah. Like Lily Allen's got an amazing voice, I think. And I think yeah. she's a really good performer. Really well, really good artist in general. But yeah, like she she hung with her, no problem. So, you know, mm. she's, she's she, you, she is a teeny bopper, but, uh, you know, you you could see her... She could be Taylor Swift, and I'm not saying that in the sense that they're two popular female artists. But do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Taylor Swift had a similar poppy start, and now she's like the biggest artist in the world. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, think, yeah, I yeah. Because think... well, what I did notice with Olivia Rodrigo was she, she she'll do a song, and then she'll talk to the crowd for a minute or so, mm. and there was a lot of that. What felt like bulking out the set, whereas. Yes. When she's played a few more shows like that and got a few more songs, yeah, she'll bomb, 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 bomb. Like we've not mentioned today, like but Pearl Jam, they they can they, they can start a song, Ding. they can do six, or they can start a set, they can do six songs before he even stops to speak to the crowd. And it's just yes. bang, 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 yeah, yeah, bang, yeah, bang. Yeah. How we doing? Mm. You know, and it's and I think once she gets there, mm. you know, have you seen that um, Beyonce at Coachella gig? Uh, not all of it. Oh, it's no. on, I, I have seen. I think it's on Netflix, it. isn't it? Yeah. Fuck me, man. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. You should check that out. There, honestly, really, just just in terms of like it's filmed over two nights, so it gets a bit confusing because sometimes you're in a yellow shirt and sometimes you're in a pink shirt, and you think is that with the lights? Mm. But it's filmed over two nights, so it's um, cut together. But like just in terms of showmanship, it's just mm. like yeah, it's proper proper show. Can we just finish with a couple of um, other albums that are worth noting? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. Uh, Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette. 95. Absolutely yeah. smacking. So much. Toured recently, isn't she? Or is on tour? Yeah, yeah. She didn't, yeah, her new album went great, but. But yeah, Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. Good Feeling by Travis. Oh, right. Which, yeah. Is that the one before The Invisible Man or whatever? The Man Who. Yeah. The Man Who, Invisible Man. Yeah, yeah that's it. There was an Invisible something, wasn't there? The Invisible. Was that the third album? Band. Was there an Invisible. The Invisible Band. Was that the third album? Might have been. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Which one's got coming around on it? Oh, got no idea. Never see you coming around. Let me on. You know you got your head screwed on. A Rob Travis sing-along was not on the list. But a Rob sing-along was. A Rob sing-along was definitely on the list, but... Yeah, okay. Um, I know the Counting Crows cover of Coming Around, but... Yeah, but that that's that's definitely one worth listening to. Semi-Sonic. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Feeling Strangely Fine. That was an was absolute... 97, 98? Banger back in the day. That had everything yeah. going for it. Didn't we also say we were going to just knock out a playlist as well? Just a couple of others that were near uh, Brass Band. The second Ordinary Boys album was close to mine. Oh, yeah, good. That's a very good summary. You've got Boys Will Be Boys on yeah. it, but it's a good summary record. Um, anything by the Bedouin Sound Clash, I find quite summary. Okay. In a kind of... Some of it's a bit melancholy, but yeah, I know, Rob, you can get into that. Leon, I think you'd like it. It's a really good bass yeah. player. Sorry, what, what was that? Sorry? Uh, uh, Bedouin Sand Clash. Oh, yeah, not into that, no. <laughs> oh, uh, Jamie, our fourth, if you like. Now he's sent a little list, but um, just I'll just pick out a few. Libertines, Don't Look Back Into The Sun. Great song. Jake Bug, All I Need. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And one that like, I wouldn't pick this. He's got Place Your Hands Reef. Oh yeah, uh, but yeah. that I would have said that first Reef album was a good summer album as well. That feels really kind of like surf, surfy. Glow, that was surfy, it? didn't it? 
No, the one before was Replenish. Replenish. That place, was place it. your hands. Was place glow. your hands was on Glow. Yes, but the album before was Replenish. very, very yeah chilled. Before we go, I, I, we've got through. I'm sorry. I know we were going to try and do this in an hour, but I, I would feel aghast if we didn't mention this next artist. And again, I didn't put it on my list because I would have wanted to choose the greatest hits. You can't really have a conversation about summer records and summer bands and summer songs without mentioning Bob Marley and the Wailers. Oh yeah, yeah. So like if if I'm if I'm not sticking the Beach Boys greatest hits on, I'm sticking the, the Bob Marley greatest hits on. Now, love him or hate him, the Bob Marley greatest hits is an absolute killer greatest hits. But it's not as good as Exile on Mainstream, the very best Matchbox 20. Well, it probably (laughs) is, to be honest. Um, But is it as good as the best of ELO? Well, no. No, it's probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So I think what we've established is that you need a good greatest hits to be considered one of the great summer bands. I think so, yeah. I think what we've we've established is that that your favourite summer record has been, was probably the record that you spent your last free summer listening to. Because we have all picked re- records from that summer between leaving school or college and going into work. Can I just, before we before we completely wind up, I'm just going to say something really quietly. Any album by Weezer. <laughs> yes, but including their latest one, which is actually called Summer. Yeah, ah, I know. There we go. Uh, is, uh, isn't it Season? Is it? Yeah, and then it's summer. So whether they're going to do an autumn and whether yes. they're going to do a full... Are we going to have four Weezer albums in the next year? I hope Probably. not. Honest. <laughs> Honest. Honestly, like, I, like, I sent it through to Sam the other day. I said, oh, Weezer got a new album. And he's like, yeah, I think I'm over it. And I'm like, like it was more an observation than a bit of excitement because it's just like, if, if they are producing records that often, like, how good are they? Their back catalogue is astonishing. Yeah, but where's the, where does the quality control come in? Right, so that was our little dance day memory lane back to our, the summers of our youth. Jumpers for goalposts, riding around in Renault 5, CD players in your car, no such thing as an iPod. Thank you very much for your contribution this evening, men. No problem. Cheers, thanks for having us. Thanks for inviting us along. And I don't know what we're doing next time, but I'm sure it'll be just as good. So thank you very much. We've been Records and Bands. We'll catch you next time. Bye.